Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. <sighs> what a week, what a week. <laughs> We're coming to you only two days after an episode got posted because our distributor changed. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't know it. (laughs) And when I logged in to see what was wrong, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So if you listened to our last episode when it actually came out, bless you, because it was definitely not. um, Well, the first part wasn't like evergreen. That's for sure. But hopefully you enjoyed the second half because that was we could talk about that anytime. So we appreciate you. That is true. Uh, Stick around for some, I'm sure, evergreen content coming up, coming your way throughout the rest of the season, because, yeah, this is like like we mentioned in that episode. It's nice to do some of those right now because there's really (laughs) not much else. And this one is like interesting, too. Right. Because by the time that this episode gets released we will also have like been lapped by the blue jackets because simply put, we're not staying up until one 30 AM to record a podcast. That's just not happening. The jackets as we record, this are all probably taking the ice for warmups. It's about 10 o'clock Eastern here. And so they're playing the Kings tonight. Uh, Phoenix Copley is starting. So Jonas Corposalo is not getting the start, which is kind of sad, but of course, Vladislav Gavrikov will, will be playing. And so that'll be fun to see. And, TBD on if uh, on a scale of like like how many minutes of the game do you think you're gonna watch? Like how many? Um, I'll probably watch the first period. Nice, nice. And I don't know watch any of it. <laughs> well, no, you have to get up much earlier than I do tomorrow because I'm working from home tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, I'll probably watch the first period. But that's like the shitty part of this week on top of like everything else is that they're on this West Coast run. And like you just said, by the time these people or these people are incredible, beautiful listeners. By the time these motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) listen to this episode, we will have had a game that we will have not covered. And then we will be going into another game because the Blue Jackets are set to face the the Ducks tomorrow night. Um, So basically, by the time you hear us on Tuesday, you'll hear about these three games. So you'll hear about L.A., you'll hear about Anaheim, and you'll hear about Vegas on Sunday. So it's going to be a great time. So we apologize for, like, the weird content. Correct. And I apologize for calling our listeners motherfuckers. I didn't mean it. He's tired. Yeah. To be fair, and I'm sad. So, like, it's a great. <laughs> I didn't we're, mean it. I love them. We're just going to cuss out the our listeners the entire episode. That's actually what this episode is going to be. <laughs> it's like, it's like those TikToks where everybody says, like, good night to everybody except for the people who, like, and then it's just incredibly niche things. That feels like what this episode is. Let's just cuss yeah. out everybody who will blank. <laughs> I don't think we should do that. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that's probably not a great idea for the brand. But apparently talking about Blue Jackets hockey is a great idea for the brand. <laughs> I mean, that's, one would say. That's what we're here to do. But before we, we talk about the brand, I already kind of know, but we've done it 166 times, so I can't not do it for the 167th. Laura, how's it going? <laughs> um, well, no, I think it's important to, I'm not going to go into detail, but like, I think it's important to talk about these things because I think it's important to be genuine with people and like, gotta tell you, having kind of a shitty week, mm-hmm. like for no like certain reason, just like bad mental health and like inner Laura has been very mean this week. Just this so, week. <laughs> just this week she's well, like rearing. I her mean, head. she's just been extra loud um this week. So but hey, we focus on the things that bring us joy. <laughs> that is true. And this brings me joy, even though I am currently crying. But no, I think <laughs> I think it's important to like identify these times because like I am not ashamed like I definitely have mental health like situations have for a very long time and I've also not been like (laughs) shy about saying like the last year has been shitty so yeah just not having a great week but this show makes me happy, and even though uh, they are chaos always, the Blue Jackets make me happy. So we focus on that, and I get to see, well, first of all, I get to make the cupcakes and the smash cake for my niece Violet's first birthday this weekend, so I'm very excited. I got these adorable edible butterflies off Amazon, which I'm super excited to use. Um, and I get to see my dad on Saturday. Ooh, so, Mark. yeah, he he called me tonight and he was like real peppy, and he was like, "So, what are you doing on Saturday?" And I was like, "Well, I have Violet's birthday party," and he was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Well, what's like, what's going on? Like, what do you need me to do, or what do you?" asking about and he goes well (laughs) uh we kind of want to see if he would come up and watch the dog for a little while and then we'd go to dinner and i was like okay (laughs) because they're my stepfather is selling his house because obviously he lives with my dad so um they have to like they're getting ready to have showings and they don't want to bring the dog with them while they're like doing stuff at the house so I felt bad that his like wind went out of his sails. I was like, well, I can still come up and watch Finn. Like I can come up. I would just have to leave at like 3.15 and then I would come back like after the birthday party and we can go to dinner. And so he was like happy, happier about that. He's like, but I don't want to like, I don't want to like rush you or like ruin any of your plans or whatever. And I was like, it's really okay. Like if I needed to finish anything up with like the baking stuff, I could do it at your house while I'm watching your very content dog. So I think we'll be good. But so yeah. 
Correct. So those are the things we're looking forward to. Yeah, well, as always, I appreciate your willingness to share where you're at and be so open and vulnerable with our (laughs) listeners. I mean, it's How are you? Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm personally just being busy to forget things. So if that says anything, I don't... (laughs) I just... And processing approximately nothing and uh, going to compartmentalize any and everything that I can and uh, going to figure out where that leaves me after. Got it. Sadness. I, I'm tired. Like I am tired. Uh, I think, I think I am hitting the point of the year where it's like, it, it's like for everything. I think it's when you have a light at the end of tunnels it makes things feel like longer, if that makes sense. And so like semester is almost over. That makes it feel like more exhausting or daunting. And I know that like, I look forward to April and May a little bit because I think it gives us a a chance to like recharge as we're getting ready for like off season content and all that kind of stuff. And we can do our little player reviews and we we can do those things and we can schedule those. And it gives us a time to like breathe and like recalibrate and re-energize, especially after a season that has been kind of shitty. And so like, those are the kind of things that I'm like, I think that that being so close is making the next like six weeks feel so long (laughs) and feeling like there's not really any any space for a break in there i mean i think that this is the only weekend until may 15th or whatever that weekend is like the middle of may that i don't have something going on and so i just have no i don't i don't have time for me right now (laughs) no time for me um, and I don't see myself getting any time for me anytime soon, which is kind of suffocating. But other than that, I'm great. <laughs> other than that, I'm doing fantastic. And I feel bad because I've kind of added to that like scenario because we had to add a weekend of you traveling back here um, in April. Uh, and then you didn't do that. You know, I know, but still, <laughs> it is for me, slash with me. So. And then you'll get to you'll get one weekend, and then you'll have to deal with me coming to visit in Michigan the following weekend. Oh yeah, you're so right. <laughs> but that'll be good. That's like a visit. Like that's like a friend visit. It's not like a having to do things and like having to like like work or whatever have you. Like that's fun. Like that's good. It's I hope the... so. We're going to a concert, so we are. We are. It depends on the day. On who who we're seeing, it could either be Andrew Man in the Wilderness, it could be Jack's Mannequin. <laughs> Depends on the identity crisis that you want to have that day. Well, I mean, when the man's had three successful bands, it's you know kind of hard to tell. And he's performed as all three of them at South by Southwest this past weekend. So, did he really? I wonder if he's going to do that as part of his. Tour. It's pop. I mean, I know he does a little bit of everything. Well, he does more Jack's mannequin stuff than something corporate, but um, but yeah, he did a set as all three, um, like each night or something, um, at South by Southwest in Texas. So fascinating. I I can understand him though, like in a lot of ways, like the concept of never wanting to commit to one specific thing. <laughs> and like, 
always wanting to like stay interested in things. It's my ADHD talking. I wonder if he's yeah, I wonder if he has ADHD. Oh, probably. Um yeah, I think most creative types have something along the lines of that. And like he's just also you know, he learned very young to live his life to the fullest because he had cancer. So, um, you know, I think he just enjoys getting to do what he loves and kind of be manic at the same time. So, manic, Jack, some manic in. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that, am I following that? <laughs> Terrible. Probably. Fun. <laughs> Terrible pun. So, Although I will say but, something corporate was more like punk rock, while as Jack's Mannequin and Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness are very similar in style. So. Sure. Without a doubt. So, Laura, we've got a weird game to talk about. We do. We do. And it is a polarizing game, and it is a reminder that in a league without ties, somebody always has to win. <laughs> and it seemed as though on Tuesday, neither team was overly interested in doing that. I don't know. Our team seemed interested in doing it. Or at least <sighs> a couple members of our team seemed interested in doing That's it. That's what I was going to say. Did did our team seem interested in doing it? Or did Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau seem interested in, in winning that game? <laughs> That's what it read to me. I don't know. I'm there are other highlights, of course, in the game, but but yeah, I mean, just a wild one where it's just a back and forth, back and forth kind of kind of night for the jackets. And it was a weird one for them in the sense that they really dominated it, generally speaking. I mean, after the end of the first period, they were up 19 to 6 in shots on goal. They, you know, unfortunately didn't have a lead. They they actually gave up the first goal, but you know, went into the second period, tied up, and the Blue Jackets, you know, did something that the Blue Jackets often do is they find a way to, like, generate offense. They score, let San Jose back into it a little bit. They score, let San Jose back into it. Like, so it was just one of those games. I mean, like, how in the, in the second period alone there was, what, um, five, five goals. goals and so score. it's, like, a very <laughs> – very entertaining second period. And Daniil Tarasov got his first assist of his NHL career, which is a fun time power play point for Daniil Tarasov and the jackets, you know, go into the third period. So, I mean, obviously we'll kind of like go through here. You've got Johnny Goudreau and Boone Jenner and Ken Johnson all getting goals there through the second period. And then Liam Foodie scored a goal in the third period. Who else? But Liam Foodie, who has his fourth goal, I'm going to say, and I'm not going to let Laura say it so she doesn't say three, because she is a... I know now. Liam Foody, <laughs> a, like, forget us, not an apologist. I don't know what the word is. Critic? Not he critic. Just blends. We're both critics. He just blends into my memory. That is fair. And then the Jackets let San Jose back into it, and San Jose, I mean, like... They controlled a lot of the third period. They outshot the Jackets 14 to 11, which doesn't necessarily tell a whole story, but the Jackets were dominant in overtime. And Johnny Goudreau did Johnny Goudreau shit. Patrick Laine gets the assist to to win the game for the Jackets. And uh, folks weren't thrilled <laughs> about, about this. And I understand 
I understand why, of course. I think, you know, the thing that I'm like trying to like shape my perspective on is like if this were any other team that the Jackets were playing, I think that like this would have been one of those wins that you would have pointed to and you would have been like, wow, it's like really good to get that win. Like that one feels good. But the reality is, right, is that the Jackets are are only two points now behind the San Jose Sharks. Oh God, it feels weird to talk about this in a way where it's like sad to be like moving up in the standings. The Jackets currently sit only two points back of the Sharks and the Sharks have two games in hand as we record this. Now both teams play tonight. So by the time we listen tomorrow, the Sharks could have a four point lead, a three point lead, or the Sharks could be at the seller of the league, depending on how the Jackets do tonight against LA. And so I get why people are upset about how that one shapes out. But at the same time, these are two not great teams. And when that happens, somebody has to win. And the Jaggers happen to be that team on Tuesday. And I know that the jokes have been made about the Jackets lineup in terms of who who is starting, right? Like looking like a backyard what's the name backyard baseball backyard like, baseball yeah um god what was the name of the one kid who was always so good in that game i forget oh i can't remember i'm gonna look it up while i'm talking but so i'm gonna re- <laughs> i'm gonna say some names of players that made an impact for the sharks in this game and i, I it's just well actually no i'm not <laughs> Sorry, I thought that this was a little bit more obscure than it was. The players that made an impact actually make sense for the Sharks in this one. But, I mean, <laughs> you look at their roster, though. Like, let's look at their roster. Forget the forget the who made an impact. Um, there are just a lot of players on here, that, on this roster, that just are not... It's the same as, like, looking at the Jackets roster and being like, this doesn't make sense. And I think people forget that. I think people think that the Jackets are the only team that, like, is as bad as they are when you look around the league and you look at a team like San Jose, they are definitely not a good team. Yeah. And, you know, it was the bottom of the barrel fighting the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, like you said, somebody had, somebody had to win. It's just, I, I think it's interesting because I'm not like, I understand why people were upset that we won. And I understand the whole point situation. And I understand like, the I I think it would I didn't read his article because the title of it made me mad but like in a sensitive way not in like a it's probably not true way but you know Aaron Portsline wrote an article today that basically said like when the Blue Jackets have these end of season like glory moments it's not a look into the future it's false promises like and you know maybe because I'm emotional whatever but like it's it's that kind of thing that bums me out too because I don't like watching them lose. Like even though I understand every single part of this, like fully, fully understand the importance of finishing, you know, very low in order to get, you know, in order to be guaranteed one of the first three, like spots in the draft. Totally get it. Um, and. You know, I don't super understand the people who are like super diehard convinced that if we finish last, that we're automatically 
going to be first in the draft lottery because it's not how it works in the NHL. There is no guarantee that you will be selected as first. Um, I also like our friend Kyle made a really good point. I, I think, I don't know what you'll feel about it. I don't even know if you saw Kyle's tweets about it, but I have been burned too many times and like putting all of my eggs in one basket and thinking that like a situation is going to completely turn things around for us. Like this is a rebuild. Like no one person, as we've seen with Johnny, like no one person, no one player is going to fix this entire situation. So like these people who are banking so hard on Connor Bernard to come in and just like, yes, he's a generational talent. If we got him, would it be incredible? Absolutely. But it's not going to like fix this entire situation all at once. Cause first of all, he's 18 years old. Like he's never going to have been in the national hockey league before. Like we can't just make all of these assumptions about him. And so if that's the case, I like, I want, I want to see him win every once in a while. I want to see them like have a spark every once in a while. Like seeing Johnny like really throw himself it fully into the game the other night was awesome. Like in the shittiest of seasons to have him get a five point game, like whatever I liked it earlier on in the season. Sure. But like you have to like, there's, I forget who said it. It was on Twitter, but like the players aren't there to tank. Like some of these guys are playing for their next contracts. Some of these guys are playing to like hope that if they are going to be trading pieces or whatever, that they have a value. Like none of these guys, except for like a couple of them are securely going to be on this roster next season. And this is their job. Like this is their job. And like, this is a business. So like, even if you want to think that the front office is like, you know what? We should just tank it for the rest so that we can get this draft pick. That's not what's happening. And like the players, I'm sorry. I don't think they care all that much about what our draft position is in the lottery. Like they care about what's happening right now. And so there were, I ended up deleting the tweet, but like there were a lot of big unexpected motions on social media the other day after we watched, after we won this game. And like it, I just wanted to tell people like in a nice way, like go outside and touch grass because like, it's not, this is not the end of the world, but that's just me. I was happy to see them, at least a few of them, start to look like they still love playing hockey and that they like winning. But that's my rant for today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I a lot of what you said I agree with. I will disagree with you in the sense of Connor Bedard will dramatically make an impact in his first year. Like, I, like, the, I don't doubt that for a second. Like, I think... When I think of, but he's not going to fix the whole problem. No, I don't think so. 
either. He'll fix some I, things. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't I, think that you should wait a team's entire, like, again, and this is just, I, I want us to have separate opinions on this, but like, I just think you can't put the weight of a team's entire success on one person. Because we, like, no, you can't, you can't, but go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. No, that's just, that's like, there's so many people who just believe that we'll get him if we're even lucky enough to get the first place in the draft. Like, it's been 22 years and the Blue Jackets have never had that naturally. So, like, let's put this in perspective. Now, it's also if we get in the top three, those other two kids or guys are very talented as well. So, like, we're not getting the shorthand of the, the short end of the stick in this place in either circumstance, but I just don't think it's rational to believe that like one person, one player can come in and fix an entire situation because he's a forward. First of all, we don't have a, like, yes, we need a, a number one center, but like a lot of our other issues are in defense. We have goaltending situation that needs to be dealt with. Like one forward coming in is not going to like, fix the whole picture. That's my only point. Not that he won't fix things, but I will give you the floor now. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you in that. Like, I think it would be ignorant to say that any one play, I mean, like your best player is going to play 20 minutes a night. Like that's not, I mean, a 60 minute hockey game. Like, of course he's not going to necessarily fix everything. I look around and I see the successes that franchises have had after having drafted a player like Connor Bedard. And while it might have taken other, some franchises longer to find that success or find that element. Right. You know, I think you can point to something like Edmonton and you can tell, okay, yeah, sure. They have not won a cup. They have not managed to really make any major noise with the exception of last year, finally making it to the conference final. And Connor McDavid was drafted in 2015 but what I'll say to that, though, is I don't think that you – I think you're ignorant and naive if you think that drafting Conor Bedard means the Blue Jackets become a Stanley Cup contender in 2023. Like, that's not happening. I think I see it more as – and when I say you're ignorant, I don't mean you. I mean, like, if anybody has that opinion, like, they are the ignorant ones. When I think of the Blue Jackets in 2027 or 2028, he has – solved a lot of problems by then and and that's the thing that i think is is what matters when you think about these drafts when you think about these kind of generational talents i mean you just look around and, and you see how it's worked in some places and how it has it in others and i think a lot of that has come down to how have general managers you know navigated the complexity of keeping talent in a system with somebody that has a talent like a Connor bedard right like so it's like you know, in Edmonton, for example, like using that as an example, they haven't done a great job of building a team around Connor McDavid, but I'd like to think that I have a little bit more faith in a guy like Yarmulke Kalainen to do that than I would in a guy like Ken Holland is now, or, um, you know, whoever the fuck their GM was before Ken Holland. I can't even for the life of me remember. Todd McClellan, I think. No, was he their coach? I don't fucking know. But <laughs> all that to say, I think the Blue Jackets, here's what they risk, right? Like, if they manage to get ahead of the Sharks, 
we're talking about second best overall odds to get the first overall pick. You're not wrong in saying that that could potentially like, regardless of where the blue jackets finish, like there is no guarantee that they would get it. That's what a lottery is. Right. But then you start to look at what could happen around them. And that's where I start to get nervous because then, okay, you're second. That means you can fall to fourth. You're third. That means you can fall to fifth. And the difference between one and five in this draft and two and four, maybe not two and four, but the difference between picking one or picking five could be a Stanley cup for the blue jackets. Like that is like reality. Like I believe that firmly. And so that's where I start to get nervous is like thinking about how we could fall and not necessarily about where we could pick because you're not wrong. Adam Fantilli, if we can get somebody like that, great. If we can get somebody who is going to be a franchise number one center, that is the main objective here. If you fall below three, if you fall below four, you might not get that in this draft. And it'll mean the Blue Jackets have to wait another however long, whether it be another shitty season, whether it be making a blockbuster trade, whether it be trying to overpay for somebody on the free agent market, like that's what you're risking. And that's the part that makes me nervous. Less about Connor Bedard, more about what could happen around us. And so that's why I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I'm, that's why I am glad that San Jose got a point and it keeps things interesting. It gives the Blue Jackets a win. So some folks were appeased in San Jose not pulling too close, but also the Blue Jackets getting a win. It's a nice little happy middle, I think. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. And the Jackets, like I said, we'll, they'll drop the puck in seven minutes. And uh, after that, we'll only have 15 games left. And a lot can happen in those 15 games, of course. And so I just really need the Jackets to not go crazy here. <laughs> Well, and I think I think it's a, you know, you can look at the remainder of our schedule, too. And, you know, we have seen all of these teams already at least once. And, you know, obviously, like, the, the Kings, like, are definitely going to be a very big contender tonight. Like, I think Vladislav Gavrikov, Vladislav Gavrikov is going to, like, you know, wanting to be showing off his stuff with his new team, like, uh, you know, against us. And, you know, we did put it all out there on Tuesday. So who knows what condition they're in tonight. And you know, all that sort of stuff. Tarasov is getting the start again. Um, but yeah, you look down the line and like, it's not easy peasy for the rest of the season. Like these are mostly actually with the exception of Ottawa, because Ottawa's not in the running for the playoffs, are they? Um, I would say they're in the running. I wouldn't say that I would say like they're not, I think they're probably pretty close to being out of it, but um, they're eight points back of a playoff spot at this point. I mean, there's no real, real way, but I mean, they're not a bad team. They're, they're win percent, their points percentage is 515. They're 33, 31 and four. So, I mean, they're not a bad team. Right. And I mean, in comparison, no one else is a bad team when you're the 32nd team in the league. So like, but we do have some stiff, we do, we do have some stiff, like, competition like Vegas on Sunday, Washington next Tuesday, 
Um, you know, the Islanders always love to kick our ass. So like, that'll be an interesting game at home. And then, you know, Florida, Boston, the Rangers twice, like, well, Philadelphia, like they're bottom of the barrel too with us, but you know, so for the people who wanted the blue jackets to be back to their old blue jacket self, trust me, it's going to happen. Like, (laughs) We don't have the easiest of finishing like the season. So, you know, but again, I, I do see all of the points that you're trying to make and like, I get it. Um, and I respect it. I just also am not like, I'm never going to be sad to see them win. Like I'm just not. So, but that's just me. I'm a Homer, okay. I guess. <laughs> And folks, you just witnessed how to disagree in a respectful and authentic and good manner. And, you know, this is for all the people who say that we always agree on everything. So. This is true. As much as it pains Laura when we don't, sometimes, sometimes we disagree. We do. But Laura, do you know what we don't disagree on? Um, Winning money on DraftKings? Yeah, we don't disagree on just how great it is to, to take on some extra cash when you when you cash in on an outstanding bet. And this is like the perfect time of year for it. It's March Madness, folks. So hopefully you're ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action. And you're going to be able to participate in all of that at DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. It was a lot of drama today as we're recording on this Thursday. Arizona, the two-seed, got beat. Just a lot of, of drama overall in the tournament. So no bet is safe, but it can be a little bit safer when you use DraftKings. So you're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So some minor little Blue Jackets housekeeping notes here just as we're we're starting to to wind down on the blue jacket specific hockey content for this episode so the jackets were able to ink carson kuhlman's Carson kuhlman sorry to his entry-level contract a few uh well about at this point about a week ago or so we haven't really touched base on it and so we figured we should probably mention that um also because I believe he made his AHL debut tonight, which is cool. And so, uh, you know, I'll have to check in to see how that went. And you all should do the same. And uh, I'm not going to talk about it <laughs> for other reasons. But, um, but yeah, so go check that out. See what he did. Enjoy that. But then taking a look at, you know, some other things for the Jackets. I mean, I'm excited to see what Corson Kuhlman's does. Like, Wisconsin didn't have, like, I don't think he had a great year at Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin had a great year. So, like, that's hard, like. Not saying he didn't have a great year, but Wisconsin didn't have a great year, and he happened to be there. And so I think it'll be interesting to see see what he can contribute here at the end of the year. He's on a on a professional tryout with with the minor league affiliate for the Blue Jackets, and so we'll see what happens there. But Laura, any thoughts about Corson finally getting his chance to to make his professional debut? Um, not really, just that like he's been someone that's been on like Blue Jackets radar for a couple of years now. And 
Um, I know people are excited to see what he is going to do. Um, it's great that he has the opportunity to play some um, the remainder of the season, but I'm more excited about getting to see what he's going to be like at camp um, in the summer and how he sort of blends in with, with the, not that AHL isn't real professional, but how he blends in with, um, you know, the big league in, in Columbus. So just excited. Without a doubt. And so taking a look at some other Blue Jackets contract news. So the Blue Jackets also signed right wing Cameron Butler to a three-year entry-level contract. You might be wondering who's Cameron Butler. And you know what? Yeah, me too. So Cameron Butler is not uh, a Blue Jackets draft pick who's getting signed to his ELC in the same way that Corson Kuhlman's was or like Luca Del Belbaluz or Jordan Dumais this year. He is a free agent who was signed by the Blue Jackets. He's 20 years old. He currently plays for the Oshawa Generals, but he's spent – a lot of time in the OHL, I honestly didn't even know, like, I didn't know how young you could be in the OHL, to be honest with you. He started Apparently his OHL career. 17, because he's been in it for four years, I think. This is his sixth, this is his fifth season. No, shit. Sorry, the way it's listed, it lists, it lists teams when he gets traded. So he is 20 years old, um, and so this is his fourth season. So he won't turn 21 until June. So he must have started. You must be able to start at 16. I think that's true. And so he's played in the OHL. This is his last year of eligibility in the OHL. And so he's got to make a move somewhere if he wants to stay playing professional hockey or if he wants to play professional hockey. And he finds that home in Columbus. So in the last few years, it's kind of go through what what he has done at the OHL level. So this year has been his most productive year offensively in the OHL. In 59 games played, he has 24 goals, 25 assists, and 49 points. Now, the thing that I always am wary of, and I would caution people to be a little bit wary of, is he's a 20-year-old playing in a league of 16 and 7. Like, so there's like there is some discrepancy there. And so I would caution people to look at those numbers before they say, oh man, like he really like found like a an element. Like slow down a little like be a little bit be a little bit cautious about that but i mean you look at his his first year he had 18 goals in his first year as a 16 year old so i mean like there's it's not to say that he doesn't have talent but i think the real upside to him is his size he's 6'4 212 pounds and he is not afraid to get involved he has 111 penalty minutes this year in 59 games so he definitely likes to keep it dicey which i mean the jackets I would argue probably don't need too much more of that right now, like in a league that really is prioritizing skill. But to me, this is nothing but a depth forward signing. Hopefully I'm wrong. And I hope for Cameron's sake, I'm wrong. Like I want him to be successful and I want him to have an, a, the opportunity to make a difference in the NHL. But I, I see it more as a depth signing and you're giving yourself organizational depth. You're not necessarily relying on some of these fringe guys that you're learning. Maybe aren't fringe guys anymore and they're more, minor leaguers or maybe they just don't fit in the system anymore. That's what this feels like to me. Yeah. It was definitely surprising to see that come through today. Um, it, again, we won't see anything of him until this summer. Um, he'll probably be up at Traverse city since he's young. Um, and, you know, obviously we'll see him at camp, but cause his contract isn't for, until the 23, 24 season. So, um, so, yeah, it was just interesting to see it come through. Yarmo's always doing those, like, and, and his team, like, 
I think are just really good at keeping an eye on some of these people that like, you know, no one's really talking about, but they're like quietly making a difference in whatever league or level that they're playing at. So, you know, I'm excited to see like, you know, what he can bring and how he adjusts to NHL level hockey. So yeah, welcome another cam to Columbus. So. Uh Oh, I'm surprised you want hey. him to make a difference. <laughs> Number 13's already been uh, taken and replaced, so. What if he wears 89? Well, no, that's just cruel. <laughs> Let's find out. I le- now I have to know. What is his, what what number does he wear in minors? Now I gotta go find him. Oh, it probably is 89. I will piss on myself. Cameron Butler Oshawa. <laughs> All right, and while this is pulling up, here we go. Okay, good news. He wears number 42. Oh, but we, I, our 42 is coming back probably. That is true. So you'd have to figure that out. But I, I think Tex is going to get priority there. So it'll all work out in the end. So welcome to Columbus, Cameron Butler, which is like Yay. in a, in, in on a team that has so many unique names or has had so many unique names Cameron Butler just doesn't do it (laughs) yeah he's pretty I mean he's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich so like even though he is Canadian like he's he's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich so like Cameron Butler is a very straightforward name but something this has absolutely nothing to do with the Blue Jackets but I just found it fascinating and think that the refs really like just turned down an absolute like gem of a situation because last night I don't know what is wrong with Jordan Bennington the goalie for the St. Louis Blues but he is unhinged and like I've seen like a couple headlines across this season of like his coach demanding that he calm his shit down and like all of these different things but last night he took it to a whole other level and almost got his ass beat by Marc-Andre Fleury. Have you listened to the the mic'd up Marc-Andre Fleury clips? Yes. Where he's like, just let me fight him. Just let me fight him. The crowd will love it. Just let me fight him. (laughs) It was so kind. It was so polite. He literally was like, Hey, let's fight. (laughs) Yeah. Like, let's do this. Let's see. And then he was like, I don't like my hair like this. I was so funny. And he was like, you can let go of me. He's gone already. Like, blah, blah, blah to the ref. But yeah, Jordan Bennington, like, essentially what happened is a Minnesota player, they scored. A Minnesota player tripped over him. Like, it wasn't intentional. Like, he was going to celebrate. He tripped over him. Bennington lost his fucking shit. Like, and immediately got up, hit people with his stick, hit another guy in the nuts. And Marc-Andre Fleury was like, no, 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 we are not doing this and took off across the ice. And as all of you know, I love goaltenders. So the idea of seeing a goaltender fight is like my dream. So I was so upset when the refs were like, no, sir, you cannot beat his ass, even though he definitely deserves it because he is unhinged. Correct. Something's not right. Like, he, I don't know, like, 
I would be like, I know his coach and his team are worried, but like, I would be worried with how unhinged he is. Hard not to be. Hard not to be. So that seems like an off season problem that they're going to have to figure out. But like, yeah. And especially when you like tee up a veteran like Marc Andre Fleury, who's like, probably the nicest one of the nicest guys in the nhl like his personality is just beautiful like his nickname is flower like he just he's just such a lovely man and he's coming over to beat your ass like that takes something yeah he was ready to turn into poison ivy real quick oh i love that thank you thank you so much i do what i can (laughs) so yeah, we had a little bit of Biddington news. Laura, you had a fun little idea for how to wrap up the show to let the listeners get a little bit of a glimpse into more of what we enjoy about this sport. And so why don't you fill them in on what we're going to be doing here to, to wrap up the show with whatever jingle I created last week that I already forget. Or not even last week, last episode. A little bit of fun stuff, I think, is what you were calling uh, it. Yeah, something fun. I don't know. Like, something like that. I don't know. Fuck it. It's probably nothing Something like of that, that nature. But here we are. Um, so yeah, so obviously we're having to come up with like because of the weirdness of the Blue Jackets schedule and our schedule and just you know games being played f- far after our bedtimes this week. We're having to come up with some content that will keep our episodes a little bit evergreen, so that you, our lovely, beautiful listeners, have some content that's not like crazy dated once you get to being able to listen to our episodes. So. You know, last episode we talked about like some of our the favorite our favorite things that we associate with the Blue Jackets, um, and I actually had to laugh when I was listening to the episode today. Uh, that Jeremy did a great job at convincing me that I did follow the prompt. I don't know that I did exactly, but we made it work. Um, but it's fine. I think we had a nice balance of things that were actually tangible and like my emotional like insanity. So. It worked itself out. I hope you all enjoyed it. But as I was thinking tonight, oh, what kind of, you know, because we we had some other ideas that we were going to try to do, but this week has just been chaos and we weren't able to get it put together. Um, So I just was like, well, you know, yes, we work sort of quote unquote in the, in the hockey industry with this, with the podcast and like some of the stuff that we do that's associated with it. But what if we actually worked like for a team in the, you know, physical hockey space, you know, whether it be for the Blue Jackets or for another team, like what would be our our ideal position in that situation? Like what would be our dream job to have? And I just thought that would be kind of cool because I mean... I know being a person whose sports didn't come into their life until like much later, you know, I never really thought about it as I was growing up or coming into my career. But like now that I've been in it for five and a half years, like, and at one point was maybe thinking about trying to break in in a different way, like, you know, what would those jobs look like? So I just thought it'd be fun if we could tell you guys what those would be for us and then maybe you can have your own venture of thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's fun. And I think it's like fun to kind of think about it in a way of like, well, this is, I guess, something that I have to ask you as a clarifying question to make sure that I do this right. Is, am I allowed to, is it like, does it have to exist already? Um, Or can I create my own little path? 
would say you could create your own little path because there's nothing to say that you couldn't, that someone could, a team couldn't create that job for you if it didn't already exist. So here's my thought. I'm going to go first. Is that okay? Can I go first? I don't know. I just like was going to run away with it. But I think so. Part of, God, it's so lame because I ultimately like am going to answer by saying it's kind of already what I do in my job job. I think it would be so fun. So like I've always said, if I ever leave higher education, what I think I would really enjoy doing is like developing like leadership programs and curriculum for like a company or for like an organization and and doing that and like doing consulting and things like that. And so could you imagine being like the in-house leadership development director for the Blue Jackets organization? Like, could you imagine like, not just like, I'm not just talking like players and stuff. I mean, I think that would probably be more coaching and all that kind of stuff, but I'm talking like, could you imagine me sitting down with Yarmo Kekalainen and having him do Clifton Sparings? Like, could you imagine? I would, I would love enjoy that. The, I would enjoy the piss out of that. Like, that would be so good. Like, it would like be everything that I know and I love about hockey and being able to apply what I know and I love about leadership development and like, you know, motivational speaking and things like that, that I get a chance to do as part of my job now. Uh, and, and like, those are the kind of things that I love to do for those. I don't know if people know this, but like, I, I currently am doing like speaking engagements at places and like doing those kind of things. And so that's like really fun for me. And I would love to be able to just show up at nationwide arena one day and like a suit and tie and be like, all right, you mother, like, here we go. <laughs> I need you to, do this, this, and that, and the other, and, like, be an educator for them, like, that would just be a good time, and I think about, like, some of what I really am passionate about, too, is a lot of, like, authentic, like, brotherhood stuff as it relates to, like, fraternities and stuff, so I do think that there's an element of that that could be real there, but I think a lot of that, again, comes from coaching, so I don't know, maybe, do I have unlimited hockey skills, too? Like, do I, like, come in, like, with knowledge, or do I have to come in as Jeremy Paul? When you say hockey skills, do you mean, like, playing? Or, like, knowledge or, like, being able to at least, like, coach. Yeah, I would say that you can add that on to because your situation. If not, if not literally being the leadership development, like, person for the franchise, it would be, like, being a developmental coach. Like, being a development coach. Like, I, as of now, and who I am as a human, could not help anybody get better at hockey. That would I, I could help somebody get worse at hockey. I could not help them get better. And so I think being able to like, if I had the talent to do that, work with the younger guys as they're trying to figure out like what it means to be a pro and like what it means to be, you know, somebody who people pay attention to and how you need to be a good influence on everybody, but also like helping them to develop their skill sets on the ice. Like that would be cool too. So if you haven't picked it up, I just really love development and like human development. I think it's really cool. And so here we are. That would be my route. How about you, my friend? I love that for you. Also, listeners, I make Jeremy promise me all the time that um, his fancy like public speaking and uh, coaching credentials that he's gathering in his career, he's not allowed to like get super famous and successful and then just leave me in the dust and abandon our show. So, correct. You know. Hopefully, my voice is good. Hopefully, like as people listen to our podcast, they're like not like this motherfucker is speaking to people. <laughs> Hopefully, people are like. Well, I mean, we've only had those trolls on Reddit say that our voices are annoying. So, 
Which I'm like, just say they sound flamboyant and feminine. Just say that. You know what I mean? Like, just say what you mean. Yeah, just <laughs> admit that you're hate criming us, and that just will, slur we can us. just <laughs> we can just be done for the day. Or just be no, like, I like, hate gay people and women. So like these motherfuckers don't know what they're talking about. No, 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 it wasn't that. It was these people are annoying. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. Yes. Well, no, I love that for you. And I kind of have like two as well. The one I know already exists and that I'm like kind of relatively qualified for it because like it is my my background supports a position like this, like my actual degree and all that sort of stuff like supports a position like this. But I at my core am a helper. Like, I love helping people. I love, even though I'm very shy in most situations, like, I love engaging with people. I love addressing people's needs and having a positive impact um, on the people around me. Um, I often take, like, you know, roles in my life that are very, like, supportive and not really counsel-y, but, like, you know, just being the backbone for someone or being that support person and all that sort of stuff and helping in any way possible. So like I would, I think I would really flourish in an opportunity to like be um, like the community service director, like community service, like community development person for a team where my focus is the outreach and bringing the, not only bringing the community into the sport and into Um, the hockey community but like also showing that community what whatever team I'm working for like what they can provide what services we could be helpful with like what opportunities we can create particularly like with the children in the community and like all that sort of stuff and just I really feel like that would be a place where I would shine like because ultimately like that is my goal like I want to be I want to make an a positive impact on whatever like situation I am in or whatever community I'm a part of um obviously I feel very inspired by the incredible work that the Blue Jackets Foundation does um and how they've grown since they've started and and all that sort of stuff so and back in the day you know I may or may not have had a couple of meetings where I was like looking into like all the things that um, the Blue Jackets Foundation um, does and and whatnot, and things didn't pan out the way I wanted them to back then, but I'm here now in a very different capacity and, like, feel like I'm playing at least some role in, like, being helpful in, in this community that we've created. Um, so, yeah, that would be, like, my dream opportunity. But then also, like, because I do take on, like, a, a counselor or a confidant like role in a lot of people's lives. And because I've spent a decent amount of my career, much like Jeremy working with college age students. So college age students, if you don't know this are typically the same age as like the first tier hockey players, like, you know, most hockey players um, when they come into the league are 18 to 22 um, and are not only adjusting to being professional athletes, but adjusting to being grownups and like being in a situation where up until this point, they were probably like living with a host family, living with their parents, like 
or in college, you know, all this sort of stuff. And now they're like thrown into this situation where more than likely it's a brand new city. Um, a good chunk of the time, they don't speak the language. They have a huge chunk of money that they haven't had before. Um, they're now living on their own and they're being thrown into this situation um, that yes, they've been preparing for in some way, shape or form for, you know, a good chunk of their lives, but it's so much more than that. So I guess kind of being like, I don't think this role probably exists or maybe it exists in multiple different facets, but you know, kind of the person that's like the player transition person, like the person that helps them transition into being into the league um, and it kind of follows them through like their first few seasons, like kind of like a guidance counselor, if that makes sense, like a guidance counselor for hockey players um, and just helps them, like helps them navigate all those sorts of things. And I'm sure there's like a grouping of people that do this, like helps them with housing and helps them with blah, blah, blah. But, you know, just like giving them those essential tools that are going to make them successful as successful on the ice as successful off the ice as they are on the ice um just because they're they're kids and like people forget about that um and it's scary like yeah it's super cool but i can only imagine that it's also super scary for a lot of them so that would be my like fictional role that doesn't really exist it's kind of like the columbus blue jackets are serving as a halfway house between like childhood and adulthood <laughs> Yeah, essentially a halfway house, a multi-million dollar halfway house. Um, That'd be nice. Would they provide you yeah. housing? Like, do you think it would be like an RA situation where you could like live in and like you would like, live have, in? Like, I would just live in nationwide, like have them convert like a space into like an apartment. So it could be nice. Hey, they put like dorms and like basketball arenas at colleges, so I don't see why not. I mean, during COVID, there were whole teams that lived at their arenas in like conference rooms. So that they could play. So absolutely wild. Well, that was a fun one, Laura. I think we both stuck to the script and we did good work. I want okay, if anybody's listening to this from the team, uh (laughs) make that shit happen for us. Uh we will say whatever you want us to say on this podcast. I am absolutely (laughs) willing to be bought. If you let me do a strengths quest session with anybody that's a part of the Blue Jackets organization, you can own subjectively speaking. I will be the den mother for your young players. Like, let me do that. Correct. Correct. Well, Laura, this is a fun one. We got to talk about a Blue Jackets win. We got to to chit-chat about some fun fictional roles that we might be able to fill for the Jackets one day. We got to look a little bit into the Blue Jackets future with a couple of guys signing deals and getting their career started. So, uh, you know, obviously there will be more things like probably reactions to the first period of this game. Uh, it looks like it's they're they're not over, but it's not far, far from. And so I'm sure we'll be tweeting tonight. And so and we'll be tweeting tomorrow as the Jackets play the Ducks, except for the fact that if the Blue Jackets lose to the Ducks or beat the Ducks, excuse me, I'm not getting on Twitter. Like, I don't know, Laura, if you're going to get on Twitter, I'm not going to get on Twitter. And so um, I'm afraid of Twitter at that point. Yeah, correct. Hopefully the Jackets don't have the luck of the Irish against the Ducks. We'll see. We'll see. Because I can't put up with that. If we beat the the Sharks and the Ducks in the same week, I'm going to have to turn off Twitter. (laughs) But I don't want to turn off Twitter. And when I don't have Twitter turned off, there's one Twitter account that I really love to go to, along with a lot of other different accounts. And that is ours. 
and Zalora do me the honors of telling me where I can find that. Cause sometimes I forget. Oh, I know you are quite forgetful sometimes before I do that though. I do want to do a quick, just shout out to one of our favorite people and wish a very happy birthday to our wonderful friend, Danny Smith. Um, it is her birthday today and Danny has definitely been um, such a bright light in both of our lives over the last year. And uh, we just hope that she has an incredible day. We love you, girl. Um, and we kn- we already know that you have so many magical things uh, coming up in this next year. So happy birthday, Danny. We love you. Um, and you can f- you can follow her on Twitter at the Danny Smith. You are muted. Yeah, good plug for Danny. I was going to say you can't keep going it because I have to do it. What do you have to do? Okay, remember that 15 seconds. That was 13 seconds. So everybody calm down. (laughs) Perfect. So now tell all the folks where they can follow us. Yes. So you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a beautiful website that Jeremy designed, which is subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters um, and get some sweet merch in exchange, we have a merch store. It's subjectivelymerch.com. Lots of cool things uh, going on there. Hopefully some new things in the future. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, Uh, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And we don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that all the things that you can do on those apps, like likes and subscriptions and stars and comments and stuff, just help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help to bring more people into this beautiful little community of ours. So other than that, We just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time on a week that is going to be a little bit more normal for the Blue Jackets, thank everything, because I don't think Laura and I could stand another week of abnormal for the Jackets. (laughs) We hope you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye.